nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. It's the year 2021, Nurses Week. Happy Nurses Week. Many nurses are going rogue, leaving their traditional hospital bedside positions for a different path. Let's face it, 2020 was just a hot mess of a year. I mean, it was supposed to be the year of the nurse, but COVID decided to make it the hot mess of a nurse year or nurses hot mess year or just a hot mess. I mean, you know what I mean, right? Nurses couldn't even get PPEs to protect themselves during the COVID crisis. Hospital administrators just didn't care. And that left lots of nurses burnt out and wanting to get out of nursing altogether. In this episode, we'll be celebrating Nurses Week. I threw a little party and invited three rogue nurses. Nurses who are on a more non-conventional path, a path that they've created themselves, a path that they have innovated themselves and they'll be talking about their experiences in nursing and why they became nurses. We'll also be playing some nurse trivia games and we'll be talking a little bit about BLM and how it affected all of us. This is a fun episode that you won't want to miss and it was brought to you by the generous donations of Marilyn Stoner, who is a nurse herself. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for contributing so that this episode could be made possible. And uh, if you'd like to go ahead and donate, please check the link at the end of the show notes for PayPal and for Venmo information. We'd love your contributions so that we can go ahead and help other rogue nurses tell their stories. And welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Whitney, Lori, and Sandy, my new best friends. And rogue nurses. Yeah, so we're here on a special assignment. We can't talk about it. It's not what we're going to talk about. But this is my special uh, Nurses Week episode for nurses and hypochondriacs. And uh, perfect. And so we're going to be talking about rogue nurses, okay? Because I feel that you ladies are pretty rogue. Right. Okay, right? You think yes. so? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. absolutely. Yep. Okay, cool. So before we get started, I thought it would be fun if uh, we did a little trivia, nurse trivia, and there's prizes. Mm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Everybody okay. loves a prize. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've already had a nice little lunch provided by Vita Restaurant, Ooh, where we're at. So amazing. Here in Pomona. Super yummy. Super yummy spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love to have food when I do these podcasts, but so you know we're Zoom now most of the time. But yeah. I love doing the in-person one, so this will be fun. Okay, yes. getting to our trivia. Are you guys ready for the questions? Yes, yes. all right. I think so. <laughs> I'm sweating already. Question number one. Okay, so Mary Seacole, 
Okay, do you guys know who Mary Seacol is? So she was a Jamaican Scottish nurse, okay, in the time of Florence Nightingale, all right? She also went to Crimea, okay, at the time of the Crimean War when Florence Nightingale was there. So Florence and her kind of bunted heads. So as a good entrepreneur that Mary was, she kind of took off on her own and did her own thing, opened up her own infirmary, started taking care of patients, started, you know, hiring other people out to help her. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a smart thing to do. Right. So she's best known for inventing this drink that helped with, um, stomach upset. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. It's very well known in Jamaica. Okay. Okay. Who would like to answer that question? <laughs> what is the drink that Mary Seacol invented that helped out? Can I call a Jamaican friend? <laughs> <laughs> phone a friend. Phone a friend. Well, can I phone? Yeah, phone, phone. Okay, I got a phone. Give you a hint. I guess it's not Jamba Juice. Right? I'm guessing it's not Jamba Juice. <laughs> <laughs> not Jamba Juice. No, no. Okay, I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay. It's it's we we some of us have drank it. Okay. Rum. Not today. We can't drink. Oh, 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 That's so, good. That's yes. good. So Mary Seacol did invent ginger ale. Oh, that's good. awesome. Yeah, right. So damn, that's a great fact. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So look I. that up. It's pretty yeah. cool. The nurse invented ginger ale. Wow. Okay. Cool. That is cool. All right. Ready for question number, number two? two? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Florence Nightingale. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we know that she went to the Crimean War, and she's responsible for. Uh, looking at what was causing the dysentery, what was causing all the patients to die, and it was the doctors not washing their hands. Mm, basically, okay? right. Okay, yeah. right. Basic we know washing. that, right? Mm-hmm. So she's she's known for hand washing. Um, she's also known for something else, and it involves numbers. Is it staff ratios? Close. Yeah. Patient to patient to nurse ratios or ward ratios. How many you can have in? A- well, it involves numbers and charts. Mm. Oh, the um the actual patient um number, <gasps> the medical record number. Oh no! Do you guys give up? You want me to tell you what the answer it's is? It's kind of I've heard it before. Hard. It's kind of hard. So I, I, she's it's a, she's known for statistics, statistics creating mm-hmm. charts. Uh-huh. Okay, she used to see Fibonacci sequences in the sky. Oh, okay. 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 So and from though that those Fibonacci's from those visions that she had, she went ahead and created these pie charts gotcha. and statistics. Mm-hmm. So she's an epidemiologist okay. as well. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's okay. That's a hard one. Yeah. I know that's a hard one. So yeah, that's a good, that's one, a good one, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Since we're all nurse practitioners here. Yes. Whoop, whoop. Okay. That's so right. Question number <laughs> Anybody three. Anybody go to school. You can do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> question number three. Let's see. Who is responsible for starting the first nurse practitioner program in the United oh. States? Oh. I feel like I heard It was name. on the East Coast. Was it in Florida? I, I was thinking where. it was the Northern. But it's a Northern? woman. It's it is a, a woman. woman. Yes, yeah. yes. She has the name of a car. Her last name Ford. is Ford. Yeah. Yes, it's his name. Do, no. Not doing Ford. What is it? Oh, all I can think of is Wilma Ford. Um, Betty Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Ford. <laughs> Betty Ford. 
another Ford. one. Yeah. Well, the name of a country singer. Oh. Dolly Ford. No. <laughs> um, um, oh, Loretta. It's Loretta. Boom! Oh, yes, I kept what I said. It's an L. It's an L. It's an L. Loretta Ford. Loretta Ford. Okay, okay. So, we got prizes. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Where are these prizes? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I love it. Yes. <laughs> gift card, gift bags. Right? right. Prizes. This. Yeah. Okay. Super. So one and one. Nice. Here, you can have those two okay. to give her the big one. Yeah. She's got it. Thank you. I'm oh, gonna be common in the morning. No, these are. This is my favorite. I burn it all the time. Really? Oh, that's oh, I saved. Girl, I saved and I got some. What's up? Yeah. What's up? ADHD, so calm. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay, now let's get to know you guys a little bit better. Who wants to be first? Go ahead. Who wants to be first? Do you want to be first, Whitney? Whitney? Okay. Go, Whitney. Go. Whitney. So tell us about yourself, Whitney. Um... I'm Whitney. I am a nurse practitioner in oh, Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, all the Alabama. way from the south. <laughs> so um, I have six kids. I'm married. Oh, yes, right. okay. yes. So I have uh, two biologicals and four amazing, amazing stepkids. So um, I love pediatrics. I love children. Um, I'm a family nurse practitioner. So, of course, I deal with uh, adults and peds. And um, I feel like helping people is my life's work. So um, in any capacity, I work. Okay, so my business is Integrated House Calls. So basically, I contract myself with home health companies, with physicians to do visits in the home on patients who cannot get to the doctor. So if the doctor has not had assessments in eight to nine months and they fearing that it's going to be a year before they see them, I can go out and see them. I do draw labs. I do anything that, yeah, nurse practitioner wise that I feel they need and I can communicate with doctors regarding that. And sometimes the patient wants to stick with me. So sometimes I steal patients, which, <laughs> you know, the doctors are okay with because a lot of times they cannot access yeah, them. Yeah. yeah so sure, that's why sure. I, you know, I'm, do a little bit of this and a little bit of that with healthcare. And then I also uh, run a nonprofit clinic. So I see people with or without insurance. So um, that's another thing that we do. So that's a little about me. That's awesome. So why did you become a nurse practitioner um, or a nurse? Well, I became a nurse because when I was in college, I was going to be a doctor. And my mom called me because my aunt was going into labor really fast and nobody was there to take her to the hospital so I drove her to the hospital and ended up seeing the whole delivery seeing everything and I said I want to be a labor and delivery nurse Aww. so that that made me like change my path completely from being a medical doctor and I went to school to be a nurse because I enjoyed the pushing process and all that oh, yeah. with labor and delivery so that was why I went into nursing that's awesome. Yeah, I did a little bit of postpartum myself. I love, love. Uh, I was a baby nurse. So I was the catcher. The catcher nurse. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Coincidence. Labor delivery, peds. Yeah. We've all had this. I think, I think that's like one of our. It's one of. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry to cut you off there. But so, Lori, so you tell us about yourself then. Okay. 
My name is Lori, and I have been a nurse total for almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And um, I got into nursing by accident. I did not ever think about being a nurse. I wanted to go to art school and had an art scholarship. But, you know, at that wow. time where I was at, my parents they didn't have the money. So and I was young and they were not going to let me move from Nebraska, where I live, where I'm from, and to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I went to work at a nursing home and fell completely in love with it. And then um one of the charge nurses like you got to go to nursing school you got this so i did got my lpn got an adn my bachelor's master's and then went back and got my post master's in fnp so yeah yeah so right now i am in between jobs i am looking at possibly going into hospice palliative care definitely very close to my heart um so like i said i'm kind of in the talks of that haven't really kind of sealed the deal on it but that's that's where i'm headed so Yeah, so much to be done in palliative care. So have you thought about starting your own business? Or since you're a creative person, anything in innovation, uh, anything dealing with creativity and nursing and meshing that together? I really, I have really thought about that, about opening my own clinic. One of the things that I have seen cropping up all over the United States is men's health. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there you're seeing a lot of that. And, you know, as women, we go to OBGYNs. That's normal. Yeah. You know, it's okay if you have a, a, a womanly problem, you go to an OBGYN or most people will go to an FNP because they're comfortable okay. with them. Right. But men, I think that, you know, there is such a stigma of them. They have to be strong wrong they never have anything wrong with them and you know as men age you look at having ed you look at having low testosterone and i really think that that's one of the areas i'm interested in because i think that possibly can be a hindrance in marriages too oh yes definitely definitely i mean i have a passion uh for men's health as well uh and we're going to be getting ready to do a few more men's health episodes here. We've done some in the past dealing with toxic masculinity where I had a nurse who plays or, or an actor who plays a nurse on TV and a nurse who plays an actor. Oh. <laughs> um, and they were both ama- they're both amazing guys and we talked about toxic masculinity and I really believe feminism not to go too much into this subject because we'll talk about it another day and I do have a project uh, a docuseries that I am going to to start making the sizzle reel for probably within the next month after our assignment is over uh, that does deal with men and I'll tell you a little bit more about that it's going to be a secret for my fans here on nurses and hypochondriacs until we get it out you know Um, but yeah I mean such a big problem ED is such a big problem uh, erectile dysfunction and also body image issues you know two boys and I have two boys and one of them is 27 and the other one is 16. And I just know from my older one, from him playing sports in college, there is a lot, a lot of issues with body dysmorphia because they don't feel strong enough. They don't feel big enough. And then you start getting into those anabolic steroids, which, you know, can cause issues in the yonder region. Plus, I mean, they can get gynomastia and Mm -hmm. that's something that doesn't go away. So, yes. Yes. Right. So. 
I will definitely keep you in mind for my project. We'll have to talk on many things. I'm so glad I intercepted you in the in, in the lobby. I'm like Lori. With some hair all over. Yeah. The eyes in the in the swimsuit that you probably shouldn't be wearing. Yeah, I know because our other guest didn't make it, and I saw Lori in the hallway. I'm like, Lori, come up. We have food. And she's like, I look terrible. I'm all, who cares? We're all women. That's right. It was worth it. Totally, totally. So, okay. Now, Sandy, your turn. My name is Sandy. I'm from Florida. (laughs) Also, I'll wrap it down. But (laughs) my name is Sandy. I am from West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, Where do I start? I have a six-year-old. Currently, I work from home as a hospitalist. All I do is really admissions from home. Um, My business is body contouring, post-cosmetic care. Um, I do contouring. um, Basically, I work with men and women that's had um, cosmetic surgery, um, post-op care, nursing care um i do captivation i do lipo laser and i'm getting into other things that i won't talk about now but (laughs) in the next podcast possibly but i'm really into the body image not only like i talk to women about that it's not all about the outside but also the inside you know um but that's basically it about me um and uh, I do plan on right now I'm in West Palm I would like to um, expand I am expanding other places I'm not going to talk about it now because I'm a prey on it I'm still praying on things but um, I'm hoping to really expand my business Um, this summer we plan on um, I could talk about this now Um, we we plan on uh, introducing products so we're going to start having some products um, that's what I'll leave it at that. We're just gonna have to start having some products. <laughs> Very cool. I love your guys's entrepreneurial spirit, you know, because the big push right now is to get nurses to innovate. Okay, because we all saw what happened with the COVID crisis, and it was literally a shit show. I mean, and it's all because these people in power know nothing about healthcare. I mean, we have CEOs making millions of dollars who know nothing, you know, they don't even know what a nurse practitioner does. They don't know what nurses do. I mean, it's really a hot mess. Healthcare is a hot mess. So if you're a nurse out there, innovation is is key. So I want to talk a little bit about COVID and what was going on because I know Sandy went out. Did you did you go out to Whitney um, on any COVID cases or any of the um, stuff that locums were having? Uh, no, any of the emergency? The you did not. Made it. The ones that I was trying to make it to um, ended up shutting down before I actually got on site. And then it was one that I was planning on doing um, in Atlanta, and they were firing all of the vaccinators and it was a big mess but we actually do it at our clinic we do vaccines so we got the Johnson and Johnson and administer vaccines for three weeks and then had to shut down so yeah so another COVID mess and now we got vaccines again so we're giving the vaccines again after everybody got scared to death now it's hard to get anyone to come back yes so now i'm like can we please get some pfizer some moderna because now we have the the stigma vaccine so yeah did you have anybody have any um 
any complications with that one? Any bleeding or petechiae? Nothing. No complications whatsoever. Everyone tolerated fine. Only issue, you know, that many people complain about is the sore arm. That's right. about it. And the tired. But yes, and the fatigue. Other than that, I have not had any adverse reactions or any problems. Yeah. Okay. So, Sandy, you want to talk about your COVID experience? Um, I mean, there's not much to say about my COVID experience. Um, I was kind of like on standby. I was like the standby person. Um, but what I can talk about, um, like the nurses, you know, we would talk, the nurses that were working, they were working six days a week, one day off. Um, that was, that was, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot, you know? Um, but um, they, we're, I don't want to say too much. Um, yeah, you can't say. Yeah, say what I can. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. That's that's all I could say. It was a lot. Um, I know they were having staffing issues because a lot of the nurses were leaving to do traveling, of course. And that was one of the issues, like with the hospitals. Like, you know, you have these big corporate people making all this money, but like, give these nurses like a bonus or something. You know, that that was the big issue. And I think they're still having it. I think everywhere is having that issue. Even where I'm, home health is home health is struggling. Like even in my area, like full-time nurses and some of the nurses are not going back to the floor they refuse they're They're traveling nurses are traveling now and they're opening up businesses like a lot of these nurses especially the company i was with oh my god they're opening up home health they're opening up trucking companies they're opening up like small businesses everyone's getting away from healthcare, unfortunately um that's what i'm noticing yeah they're dissatisfied so that's that Yeah. yeah for sure Okay, very cool. So I'm going to turn this around a little bit because on uh, the Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast, I didn't touch BLM at all when it was happening. And the reason why I didn't was because back in the day when Rodney King uh, was going on, I was in the middle of the Rodney King riots. So I was attending community college at Pasadena City College at the time. And I remember I was supposed to have tennis class and it was canceled and there was fires all around us. And it was, I was only about 18, 19 years old and it was really hard for me to get home. I mean, the streets were on fire. Everything was broken. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. And it was all over the city of Los Angeles. Like literally Los Angeles was burning. I mean, at this time uh, for um, the BLM and what happened with Floyd, it it was all, it seemed like it was only contained in downtown Los Angeles here. Um, and I know in other places, you know, probably in the more um, city areas, I guess it was happening. But back then with Rodney King, it was very traumatic for me. And and I went to get my hair done a few days uh, or about a week ago. And my hairdresser said the same thing because she was working at the mall and she was about my age. And she said that uh, people were trying to get in, breaking uh, windows at the mall and everything. And it was so, and she told me she had so much trauma because of that, because she was stuck in it, you know. And um, and and it was very sad. Uh, my cousin got his deli burnt down, you know, and he serviced everybody. He was in the heart of Van Nuys, and it was so so sad. So I just wanted to um, hear any comments from you guys and what you think about it. I mean, for me, I, I think I told you guys a little bit about the story. Um, we were on Twitter. 
And one of my friends had posted on there uh, about BLM and he and he was like, we need to do better, you know, and he put my name on there and he and some other woman uh, who I who I think was Caucasian. She was also a nurse practitioner and she was like, yes, we need to do better and da 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 and we need to do more and da da da. And so I wrote in there, I go, well, my world is a very diverse world. You know, my that's not my reality, you know, and, and it's not like I'm shutting it out. I know for other people, it's very different. I said, my my reality is not like that. I have friends all over the rainbow colors. Right, I, right. I date all kinds of yeah. men, you know, and um, also my podcast is very, very diverse. So I don't even have to try to be diverse. I just am a diverse person. So I took offense with this person. I go, this isn't, I am not a, you know, I, I, I'm not like this. I mean, I know maybe it's these people, you know, which I, I don't think they're as diverse as I am. Um, but, but then, uh, it, it ended up in a falling out with my friend, which was okay. I mean, he was just being very, very negative. Uh, you know, he finally showed his real true colors, but he had been giving me jabs about stuff and saying things like, you need a, a DNP and a PhD to do this podcast. <laughs> I just started laughing at him. Okay, because Joe Rogan sure don't got one and he makes millions. So, all right. So to comment on that and what was going on in the cities that you guys lived in and how you felt, what you experienced. So, uh, Whitney, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, well, coming from Alabama, you know, they're still... A lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to racially integrating anything. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day about our Mardi Gras still segregated. You know, I have I have friends that come from out of town, cousins that come from California, and it's they're shell shocked when they get there because they're like, "Why are all the white people on one side and why are the black people on one side? Why are all your balls just black people? Why are the black people not invited to the white balls?" It's just how it is you know so it's so much progression that's needed when it comes to integrating life in the south because our children are our future so I feel like what they see is what they brand themselves into and it needs to be so different so we need you know black lives matter on the forefront I feel in my where I am in the South allows them to see a different picture because Black Lives Matter has not just been black people. You know, you see black people sitting on the side of white people, you know, fist are up with white people or Asian people or anyone of different descent. So it I appreciate the movement and what it does to say that it's black lives do matter to all of us, not just the black people. So that's that's what it does for us in the South. So. Yeah, you were telling me about the segregation with the balls. And I think that on um, that show, The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, uh, I didn't watch it, but I heard that uh, one of the girls on it came under scrutiny because she attended one of those balls, like the white ball. So they, I think she got, she got talked to or it was a big controversy uh, because of that. But you're saying that that's very normal. Well, that's normal. Well, in the I South. Didn't I didn't know that either. I didn't. I, I would love to visit Alabama. Oh, I would love. We should go. Well, we should go. Y'all should come. Let me. Let me yes. Yeah, because like in for me, like I came from Boston to Florida, and I 
feel like when I came to Florida, that's when I knew what, oh, it's black people, white people. Like, yeah. you know, it was just, it's, it's different. Like when I lived in Boston, I was like, I had white friends. Like yeah. it was nothing like, you know, but when I came down South, it was like different. But hearing your story, I'm like, really? This really happens? Like I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to see it. I want to see it. Cause I, I just still can't believe in 2021 that we're living where there's two Mardi Gras, two balls. Like I'm, I'm just, I, I want to see it with my own two eyes. You know, I just can't believe that this is still happening. I never thought like me at my age, I'm raising my six year old child that I'm raising her in this world. Like we were talking the other day, like, how do I talk to my daughter? Like, how do I, like, how do I explain to her? This is what it is. This is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I don't have a son, but I have like me and my cousin was having a conversation. She has a black son, you know, and she has to sit down with her son and explain, listen, you get stopped. You just, put your hands up like I just it's just a I'm just it's mind-boggling my you have to have conversation with your little one on how to when you're presented in front of an officer or somebody with a badge how you have to act and sometimes it's not somebody with a badge like you have people out there like how many stories we hear like somebody going to their apartment and they're getting stopped like you don't live here like what we've had a couple people die because you know, they're walking into their homes and mm-hmm. someone thinks that they don't live there, but they do. Exactly. So it's just, or they don't drive this mm-hmm. certain car and they, you know, they get, it's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. It's mind boggling that in 2021, I have to raise my child. Like I used to read about this stuff. Yeah. I used to watch movies about this stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's disheartening, you know, it really is because we shouldn't live like, like we're all, we all bleed the same red blood you know but some people just think they're better than others you know and that's just my intake on that i think my my perspective of where because i come from nebraska and originally growing up i lived in a western town that western nebraska where you're looking at cows and farmland and things like that so you really don't see a lot of diversity um i was fortunate enough that one of my best friends was black and and, you know, they're in that town where I come from. There were like three black families. Everybody knew them. Right. You know, I mean, we I grew up with right, them. Right. I had another friend, you know, that I grew up with. He was black as well. Right. You know, and it's just the way I was brought up. It, it was just my hand. It was my friends. Yeah. You know, we yeah, just we just yeah. hung out. We just did right. something. But I do. I do remember, you know, certain older people because that's that's the that's way the way they were. Yeah. Would just give you like a strange look, you yeah. know, when I would be with them like, oh, look at her, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. my parents were great. My parents were absolutely great. They're like, you know, you just uh, hold your head high and you tell them hold their heads high so yeah so I moved to Omaha right in the well I should say right before the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. um, movement Mm -hmm. started and they did they did a great job there is some I wouldn't say it's necessarily segregation but it is um geographically separate like north omaha is the bad place because that's where all the blacks live you know and like all the mexicans live south of here and the white rich people live out there and i have my sister Mm -hmm. lives out 
in the Western part. And she said that they've got a, a few black families. And she said, yeah, when they first moved in, she said, you'd see people out there just kind of like checking them out. Like, oh God, there goes the neighborhood, right, you know, right, but right, right, right. An unfortunate incident that we had during, they went down and they did loot um, downtown oh. in our old, old market area, which is beautiful. And it's the older oh. part, but we, we had a white, um, bar owner that actually shot a young black man and killed him and it was all on tape and everything and that caused even more you know dissension yes yes and unfortunately he took off and ran and shot himself and killed himself so you know there was no justice right right there was no justice for that man and i'm i'm not saying you know his family you shouldn't feel bad for them but but he shot did he shoot him because he was black mm -hmm. yeah. did he shoot him because he, he thought he was gonna in. yes and he yeah. wasn't breaking in he was standing out on the dang street yeah. that's and that's the thing that 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 kills my heart yeah is because just because you He's look alive. different yes alive. absolutely brother absolutely uncle like mm -hmm. father this is like right so many fathers are being taken away that's yes. what hurts me the most yes fathers yes kids are being brought up without fathers yeah. you know there's a yeah. lot it is yeah we it's a lot we already fall victim to a lot of single you parents. know our single parents yeah. in the black community yeah. because of a lot of fathers are in prison yeah. so we we've already been fighting the prison system and fighting for prison reform and fighting for all these non-violent you know drug related right. offenses to be less so that we can get them out of prison but now the fight isn't just prison now now is in the streets with yeah. the people we look for to protect and serve. So it's My issue disheartening. With all of that mm -hmm. is before we end up with the black men yes. in prison do something yes. for them where, where is out. well exactly. even before that yeah. how about we have some equality with you know employment and education yeah. and yeah. positive yes because i think sometimes you know if you already start 10 degrees below the norm you're, you're how, fighting how, yes you're fighting. yes me. even me when i was like let me tell you when i was in school i had to study more yeah. I had to do more. I had to do better. I had to make better grades. I had to fight more. So even me in school, like it, it's just like, it's a never, it's like a never ending battle. It's a never ending battle. So. Children come up, and you don't want them to go through the same things that you go through. So you strive to make their life so different when there's still those things out there that you can't control. So I can make all the money and invest all the money into my child and know that my child is gonna be a pinnacle in society. My child could be the president one day. My child can do math better than me and he's 12, you know. So I know how smart he is, but he still can go and walk outside with the wrong kind of jacket on. And someone could think that, oh, he's just a thug yeah. he's never gonna be anything because of the clothes he has on it's a scary feeling it's a scary feeling it totally is so going on police violence i mean i do believe that sometimes some of these 
police officers can get in their heads. They can get on ego trips, which I think is what is actually going on uh, because it's happened to me. I, I mean, I, I um, one night I remember I came home from a dinner, uh, a nurse practitioner dinner. Actually, it was like one of those pharmaceutical educational dinners and it was maybe around 9, 30, 10 o'clock and I was in bed and all of a sudden I hear this banging on my door and I live in a um, a townhome that's uh, upstairs downstairs and I was like what is going on and I see these two men dressed in black like I look out my window and I, I say excuse me can I help you from the window and they're like stop beating up kids and I got freaked out I mean, I got, I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And he's like, they're like, can you come down here? And I was like, who are you? And they showed me their badges. They're like, we're the police. And I was like, what the? And I was just so freaked out because I don't have children. I was like, what happened? You know? And so I go down there and they wanted to come inside. You know, I opened the door and, and they showed me their badges. They told me who they were. Um, they're like, can we come inside? And I said, absolutely not. You know? And here's the thing. Always know your rights. Use discernment. You know, right? So um, I asked them what what was going on and why they were here, and they said that they got a report that they heard children screaming from my home, and that the children were being beat up. Like totally, that could have like turned around and something really bad. Yes. Oh yeah, and I was like, excuse me. I go, I don't have any children. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. At that time, I was working at the children's hospital. And I go, uh, please be careful with your accusations because this can, that you are defaming my character. You know, they insisted that I was beating up children and that the sounds came from my townhome. And I had to, I opened my door and I said, does it look like children live here? I'm a single woman. My home was organized. There were no toys, no pictures, nothing. I mean, they didn't come inside, but you could see. And anybody that's been to my home, you walk in, you you know, children do not live there, you know, and it's an adult home. And um, and I told them, I go, by the way, and I showed them my badge from Children's Hospital. They wanted to see my driver's license. They called it into the office, you know, or wherever they call it into. And I told them, I go, by the way, the two neighbors that I have adjacent to me both have children. You might want to go knock on their door. Did you you ever, one of the things that scares me about an incident just like that is, did you have a family or a a patient's family Mm -hmm. that was scared or mad at you because of something you did or something you suggested that they disagreed with. So they decided, you know what? Hey, Uh, here you go. Because I I do know nurses and nurse practitioners that that's happened to. One, um, they came back. Oh, they did. It was a, it was a mistaken home. Oh my! Because I I called I called the chief. I called the chief. Yes, yes, yes. That's Brianna yes. Taylor situation. Yes. Yep, exactly. Right. right. And I called the chief and I yelled at him and I said I because I, I was really freaked out and because they were making these accusations upon my character that could destroy my career, you know. And um and and uh, and it I and I saw them come back after one of the neighbors um told me that they had come back and and um knocked on the door the 
people next door to me. But yeah, I was really scared because they kept insisting that this was going on at my home. You know, even though I told them who I was, what was going on, you know, they kept insisting there were children in my home. Mm. And you were fortunate to be able to talk back. Right. You know, there's a lot of situations where you cannot speak back. Yeah. So I can't talk up for myself and say no there are no children because you won't even give me the opportunity you know I'm automatically which is the issue I'm automatically a threat to you why is it that if my husband walks out of the house and you look at him he's automatically a threat you know why is he never viewed as a father or you know someone's son or something like that it's automatically you can threaten my life so I need to do something to you so that's where the the I feel the premise of all of the fighting comes from is that black lives matter more than just what you think you know about them you know you need to get to know who we are as a people before you just say oh this is what this person is so and and I think that goes for anyone though I I mean it's like people automatically start judging anyone I mean and and we we (laughs) yes and where we're working, we, I, you know, I had a situation where, you know, this person didn't know who I was, still didn't know who I was. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, never mess with a journalist that has a podcast that knows many, many, many people. Okay, never mess with a journalist or a podcaster that knows many, many people, you know, and uh, yeah. So any closing remarks? This has been such a fun podcast. I've loved having you ladies on. You are my rogue nurses. All right. Totally my tribe here. Okay. Any closing remarks? Um, I would just like to say thanks for the grabbing me at my worst <laughs> and dragging Aww. I know and dragging me in here with some crazy hair and you know sweaty whatever and then you know helping me after I mean because we can't talk about what we're doing but I've had a pretty crappy fight club. that's yeah. right it is fight club we where's where's Brad Pitt yet. though where's he at exactly. oh he's in the bathroom yeah. um I think I've seen him in a lobby there <laughs> There you go. But I mean, it, it's this was good. It was nice. I appreciate it. And yes, happy Nurses Week to everybody. Yeah, happy Nurses Week. But this is what Rogue is all about. You know, it is helping um, uh, us nurses out. I mean, we need to have we need to be a camaraderie together. We need to be a support system for each other. Uh, and what we've been seeing, I just was kind of beside myself at what was going on. You know, not not expecting it you know I've worked strikes before I've worked um, Martin Luther King when that hospital was uh, shutting down and it was pretty intense you know there's a lot going on Um, I've worked on set in Hollywood which are are kind of situations that that is what's going on where we're at but I've never um, dealt with this uh, uh, here so it should be interesting to see what comes out of it I'm curious so um, yes okay so thank you so much ladies again for being on Happy Nurses Week. Happy Nurses Week to everybody on Nurses and Hypochondriacs. Until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. 
We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses in Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. <laughs>